0: I'll judge what an A-plus cold open is. (laughs) Okay, well, it's not going to be this one (laughs) because I I spun you some cold open gold and you weren't recording. So now you get this talking about the thing that was great, but this is not (laughs) great. This sucks. Welcome to the show.
1: All right, Byron. <laughs> Taiwan, Taipei.
0: Taiwan, Taipei, the capital of Taiwan. Uh, Taiwan is do. I like Taiwan a lot. Uh, very, uh, very Chinese. Everyone speaks Mandarin. It's like a. It's like if China was a little like a little less uptight, a little more chill. Uh, I like I like the vibe here <laughs> a lot. Um, I've joined the Formosa Improv Group at 23 Comedy Theater for the show. It went great. They had a packed house. And uh, yeah, basically I've basically been here for about a week just exploring, uh, exploring Taiwan. And it's a cool place. My first time here.
1: Okay, so first impressions of, of Taiwan? Um, you know, it was interesting. We
0: talked uh, last time about Uh, korea and like the big colorful signs and things like that and and neon or whatever i kind of get that vibe more from taipei you have like six story facades that have light up signs and busy streets with lots of markets um i went to the uh shilin night market which was uh you know, just these great night markets with stalls. They're mostly food stalls and shops, these night markets. Um, uh, but the uh, the, the Shailin one has, there's a temple right in the middle. So you're getting like street food and, and you know, possibly knock off nikes i would assume
1: <laughs> no no they're from, totally legit they're completely legitimate nikes
0: yeah sure 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 <laughs> uh and then you walk and then there's this just this beautiful temple and the temples here have those hanging red lanterns you, you know that in sort of the chinese style right um hanging down and so you're just walking and, and it, it's just this beautiful thing and then you step out of the temple this quiet uh, Prayer place, and you're just back into the chaos of the street. Uh, there are also my favorite part of the, the this night market in particular was the boardwalk games that are s- scattered amongst the stores and uh, and food stalls. So you'll just you'll be walking around and, and totally real Nikes and um, fried milk food stand. And then you'll just go and there's like, Oh, a thing where you shoot, uh, you shoot the balloons and you win a prize <laughs> and it's all, it, it's all mixed in. Um, and then, uh, had dinner here, went to this like incredible underground, um, basically like food court, but just very, uh, like I guess hole in the wall. And th- I ended up at a teppanyaki place where it's just hole a, the ground. it's a ca- hole in the, <laughs> hole in the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. A teppanyaki place where they hold the entire count. You sit at the counter, and then the whole counter is the grill, the teppanyaki grill, and you order, and then they, they kind of cook it right in front of you. No, no, um, no showmanship here. We're not cracking eggs or doing the choo-choo train, uh, Benny Hana style. This is all about um, food cooked just in a in the easiest way possible right in front of you and then they they push it over in a foil a little foil tray and um the cook was actually holding his child as he was cooking so it was like that kind of vibe which i i thought it was delicious <laughs> yeah that sounds that yeah. sounds that still sounds pretty pretty good oh it was great it was great and then and yeah taiwan's it's an interesting place because it's uh there's this thing where china says they own it and that it's part of them and taiwan and so, Taiwan is interesting because not only, you know, that Taiwan thinks that they're independent of uh, right the People's Republic of China, but they also—and this I didn't know—they also claim mainland China as Taiwan as their own. Okay, so which is like I—you got yeah—I love the enthusiasm, you guys. Uh, I don't know. Realistically, logistically, if you're going to be able to pull that one off, um, but you know, good for them. But it's, right. uh, yeah, it's a unique place in the world politically, uh, in that sense as well. Um, I went to the uh, the Chiang Kai Shek. Uh, Chiang Kai Shek was the leader of China during World War II. He led the the Chinese fight against the Japanese. Um, was a key ally of the Americans, and then after World War II, there was this struggle between the communists um, and Mao Zedong and Chiang Kai-shek, who, who was more democracy focused. Chiang Kai-shek lost, and he took his uh, took his crew, and they all went over to this little island off the coast and created Taiwan. So Chiang Kai-shek is this monumental figure, sort of the the George Washington of of um, uh, the George Washington of uh, Taiwan um, who, but if George Washington had ruled for you know 30 or 40 years at the beginning of our country, so, so right. just imagine imagine that. Um, so he's a figure that looms very large, he, controversial in some senses because he, um, yeah, he like restricted free speech in the media. Uh, arrested, you know, dissidents and things, which is not not the best. And then uh, when he died, uh, sort of um, a a pro-democracy movement uh, was created. Um, uh, I mean, he died and it was sort of a transitional period. But then finally, a pro-democracy movement uh, sprung up basically in front of his. There's this giant, beautiful memorial to him. Uh, in, this, in the center of, of uh, Taipei. And um, the squares where he would give speeches is the square where democracy kind of founded. So it's this beautiful spot. You go up these stairs and on top, there's a giant uh, giant dome uh, with views of the entire city and a big, a big of course, uh, Abraham Lincoln type statue of him sitting overlooking the city uh, in a very powerful way. And then you go, uh, and there's a guard. I saw the changing of the guard. Always a fun moment. Oh, wow, <laughs> yeah, of course. Guys with are twirling rifles and and walking out. Um, I they kind of walk right past you, and the, so they're <laughs> it was actually good. So there's four guards. They're they're twirling the guns, and then two of them walk out of the front down the stairs very dramatically, and I follow them with my camera. And then there was two more that were going. I ran back up into the into the into the rotunda. And two more guards are spinning rifles and they walk and I'm like, oh, this is I, I'm gonna follow them with my steady cam right down the stairs. I'm gonna win a TikTok Oscar with this shot. Uh <laughs> but they uh but these guys uh, they just walked into the elevator. And then, uh, <laughs> the door's oh, closed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you so, go. <laughs> but, you know, the official, official elevator for the guards. Um, yeah. So, and then below is a sprawling museum, uh, dedicated to, uh, old Chiang Kai-shek, uh, that had his, uh, presidential limo, uh, which was very cool from, from the fifties. And then, uh, also they found, uh, uh, Kim Jong Il's, uh, they 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 confiscated it or they found it in a barn or something. So they found so they have a North Korean presidential limo uh, as well in in the museum. And Chiang Kai Shek, say what you will about quieting uh, dissidents and, and and cutting off freedom of speech, but the man could dress. The man could dress like a damn king. He had because they have his outfits in the museum, and they're all friggin' sick. His leisure wear, his official wear—he's just a model of like looking like just sleek AF. The, 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 the man looked awesome. Then down to the shoes, he had it. He had it down. I want it. I want his whole collection. If they sold it, I would buy it.
1: I mean, you know, this stuff is important. You know, you you can be a. Just a a horrible person. But, you know, think about all the pictures and statues and and all of that that's going to depict you. So, you know, a snazzy dresser is is, there you go.
0: It it, it solves a lot of ills, you know, and (laughs) and this is and this is politics, baby. It's optics. You're like, you know, man, you know, I would like to I would like to be able to start a newspaper that tells the truth. But God, look at that, look at the buttons on that suit. And yeah, you know what? It's, it's all good. It's all good. Okay. Uh, also at the museum, also at the museum, a Tim Burton exhibit. Okay. So So there's that. I, I was not expecting it. I believe it's a rotating exhibit. Uh, and this was this was it, but I wasn't I wasn't expecting. Uh, I was not expecting the Tim Burton exhibit. I didn't go in, Landon. I'm sorry, but oh, I did what? take a picture. What they had one of they had one of the aliens from Mars attacks in the front, so I took a picture with that. Uh, you know, it was it was getting late. I was hungry, and I've seen the films, and I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, you know, I think he's okay. You know, I think Tim Burton's good, not great. It's not my vibe.
1: Okay, not your vibe. It's not my vibe. Got it. Yeah. Well, I mean, too bad um, I'll say, but that's it's okay, I guess.
0: Yeah. I will say Nightmare Before Christmas is uh freaking that that slaps.
1: Yeah. That slaps. Uh, it's not not okay. a Tim Burton movie, but yes. Exactly.
0: Well, well, they they definitely included it in this exhibit. Uh, so <laughs> they they, they latched it right onto yeah. him. I mean, he didn't
1: stuff. direct it. I guess that's what I've heard for all of the... He produced you know, it. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. it's his thing. But, but it's
0: funny that that's very, like, associated with him in a big way. Well, of course. As, like, the best thing, and he didn't do it.
1: Right. Yeah, that's right.
0: What's your favorite Tim Burton uh, film?
1: Uh, Beetlejuice, probably by far. Mm.
0: I think I saw it in theaters... And I was too young.
1: Yeah. But that track. Uh, yeah. What
0: year did it come out?
1: Like I, 80, 80, probably eight, maybe.
0: Yeah. So four-year-old Byron, three-year-old Byron didn't dig it. <laughs> I didn't dig it.
1: No, no thanks.
0: <laughs> no, thank you. Not for <laughs> me. Not for me. Too stylistic for a three-year-old Byron. Uh, <laughs> Yes, uh, and uh, what else we got in Taipei? Oh, we have uh, Taipei One Hundred and One, aka the lar- the tallest building in the world from two thousand four to two thousand nine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and now I think it's number six as others have have built taller. Okay. Um, but you know, I went to the top of this thing. Got gots to, got to go to the top. It's very interesting. It's very interesting built. It's not a traditional skyscraper. Uh it's sort of it's like okay. This is it's like uh you know Chinese food boxes, and I'm not using this reference because I'm in Taiwan, okay? <laughs> that's just I look at this thing and that's the closest thing it looks like. Okay. And it's a very unique shape. Okay? Yep. Okay. So it's like t- uh, Chinese to-go boxes stacked up against each other, like stacked one on top of each other, and then just really all the way up into the clouds.
1: Yes, yeah, right.
0: Yeah, and then it's funny. You go up to the top, great views of the city, of course. The clouds were sort of uh, raging around. It was a windy day. And then it's just uh, influencer spots. It's, it's spots to take <laughs> pictures, like with... Um, like with, uh, angels wings, okay. <laughs> of course. Yep. And, uh, and just, you know, like a swing, like a, a moon, a moon, crescent, moon swing. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I, good times. And I, you know, it was mostly women taking pictures of okay. these items and then, uh, your boy, your boy Byron also yeah, getting there. pictures
1: because you're doing it.
0: It's not just for the ladies. It's not just for the ladies.
1: Contrary and, to what we all know.
0: Yeah. Uh, and just like the, there's a floor uh, that looks like the stars, sort of corner of the building that looks like stars. And then you uh, you walk on it and the stars explode like fireworks.
1: Okay, that's And so you can cool. leave
0: a trail of fireworks as you run away. And this was mostly children and your boy, Byron, uh, also making <laughs> star explosions. Uh-huh. Okay? So, that's right. Maybe, yeah, I guess this is, I'm a child at heart or a a stunted, a stunted adult. I was
1: going to say, why stop at the heart? There's (laughs) there's plenty more.
0: Child child at brain.
1: Yeah, child at brain. uh,
0: It also, um, it also has a, in this building and you can see it, a tuned mass damper. And this is basically a big ball. And it's connected by, it's sort of like floating and I don't know how it works, but basically this thing, if there's an earthquake or a typhoon and the building is shaking, it. the, the, the building moves around this ball and it doesn't, uh, and so the building doesn't fall down. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, Ty- Typhoon uh, Sodolor, which we'll we'll discuss. There's another item. Uh, in 2015, Typhoon Soldalore, uh swayed this thing by by one meter, 39 inches. Oh man! Uh, which is a, like it doesn't sound like a lot, but when it's the thing that sets off the sway for a giant building, it is a lot. <laughs> right, right. So, um, but yeah, Taipei
1: 101. What wow.
0: can you say? Six. Six largest building in the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's good times. That's pretty incredible. Um, it's great. It's great. And it, uh, it looks like uh, Chinese boxes stacked up. Uh, talking about Typhoon Soda Lore in 2015. Uh, uh, yep. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Look at that transition, huh?
1: It's brilliant
0: and beautiful. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, as, as I am. That blurb is going on my website. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Improv Ambassador, brilliant, beautiful transitions. Um, so, uh, 2015, typhoon. Basically, that's what they call hurricanes uh, over here in the Pacific, in right. Asia. Uh, basically, just hit, full on hit Taiwan as hard as possible. Not good. A lot of damage, a lot of damage. And mailboxes in Taiwan, uh, they basically, they're, uh, on thick poles, like a thick rooting pole. And then they go to a, uh, sort of a rectangular mailbox that, yeah, American mailboxes are, they're sort of low to the ground. Um, you know, these are, there's a center pole and then the boxes on top of that, uh, they are green and they're red and they're next to each other, um, I think it's like domestic and international the green and the red. I wasn't quite sure. So the typhoon, these two, these two mailboxes, uh, the typhoon bent them into like a 45 degree angle, both of them, but it didn't break them. And then they were gonna, they were gonna, and meanwhile, other mailboxes are like flying around Taipei, uh, hitting things like, uh, twister. Um, but, uh, these two named now renamed little green and little red, they bent to 45 degrees and, but they held and instead of fixing them, uh, Taipei, they just left them as a, as a symbol
1: of okay.
0: Taiwanese fortitude.
1: Okay. And
0: strength through adversity. Uh, so I saw those and I, I, I mailed postcards from, from those, from those ones.
1: That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good, dude. Pretty good. Pretty good. (laughs) good. (laughs) That, that typhoon definitely meant business.
0: (laughs) It meant business, but, uh, Hey, Taiwan stands up to strong, to strong
1: wins. That's right. resilient.
0: Um, Uh, Landon, what's your favorite type foundry?
1: oh man how can i pick i mean (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) exactly right exactly well mine is the rijing type foundry which is the last traditional chinese character letterpress in all of taiwan and possibly the last one in all of asia now you may be asking what is a type foundry and that's a good question and even (laughs) and even after being there I'm still a little confused, but I'm going to do my best to, to explain <laughs> what it is. So you, in this little back street, you go past – it's like hardware stores and, and just small uh, little uh, shops. And you go into the Rijing type foundry, and there are just shelves, it's like stacks and stacks uh, of shelves filled with rows of tiny metal blocks – of Chinese characters. So they're little. It's like a little. Um, like a, a tiny metal rod. All different sizes. And on the front. They have Chinese characters on them. And so what you do. Is you go around. And you select. The characters that you want. To spell out the word or sentence. Uh, that you want it to say. Okay, And then. You, um, you bring it up front. They, they stuff them into a like a, a little box a little boxed square thing and then they uh, and then they lock it in and now you have uh, and they put a, like a stamp foundation around it and now you have a stamp a stamp press that has your uh, that has your phrase on it.
1: That's pretty cool. Cool, right? I could see so, how that would be your uh, most favorite type of foundry.
0: <laughs> it was, yeah, it was my it's my new favorite. Now uh, the the staff they've been uh, working there for a while. Uh, uh, I mean, this place looks like it basically like it did in the 1960s, uh, right. which is when it started. And the guy who runs the place is, I'm pretty sure, it's the same dude uh, and his family. And uh, they're no English. This is a zero English situation. And so I uh, found a guy wearing a Dodgers hat. Okay. Uh, which I was like, "All right, I'm going to talk to this guy wearing a Dodgers hat." This Is great. A uh, guy in Dodgers hat spoke no English. Didn't great. Didn't know what the Dodgers were. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, never heard of him. <laughs> not not familiar. Uh, not familiar. And but but luckily, his girlfriend did speak English okay. and was willing to help me uh, find. The uh, the the foundry t- uh, types to say improv ambassador
1: great okay yes. great
0: yes so put these four pieces together and put the I went up front and then she explained to the woman who was very confused about what I was there doing or what what I wanted <laughs> uh, put them together and then put it put it in a stamp and so now I have. Uh, I, now I have my own personal stamp from the foundry that says improv ambassador,
1: dude. That's, I mean, I think now, you know, why you had to go to Taiwan.
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh, now I talked to uh, my friends over uh, over at Fig at the Formosa Improv Group, and they said, actually, this is amb- ab- Ambassador Improv, uh, the way it's the way it's uh, <laughs> laid out. And I said that makes it even better because that is a testament to the experience of confusion uh, that I had, that they had. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but a, a cool, a definitely a cool little experience. Well worth oh it comes in like a little a little like satchel that has Reg type foundry on it. it. it's just great. One of those little u- little unique things you can't do anywhere else. And then to also have a little souvenir from that. Got injected into my veins. I love that's why I'm doing this, man. That's why I'm doing this.
1: That's pretty good. Yes. I mean that's it- yeah, that's pretty good. All right.
0: So now what's your favorite Chinese type I mean,
1: obviously 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 that has to be now I mean so <laughs> okay you, you got good. it
0: thank you thank you uh uh okay uh, one one more one more adventure one more experience uh before we talk about the show yeah and this might have been my favorite this might have been my favorite thing in all of I you know I say Taipei but it's about an hour away uh you hop on a bus um but I mean, kind of anywhere in Taiwan is two or three hours away because it's a small, pretty small island. Sure. Um, but this is, yeah, this is still in the north, and so you basically go to the, uh, basically to the the northeast corner of Taiwan. Uh, is the music, is the music a problem? I can ask. No,
1: I don't, I don't really hear much. I think it's fine. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Uh,
0: again, great spot. Great spot. Um, so you go to the Northeast corner of Taiwan and this is an old, uh, an old mining town. So they would mine gold and and other and other valuable minerals. And so that's just kind of what it was. It was a, a mining place. It's in the Hills, it's, it's very like you go winding roads and you're in the hills, but you're also perched by the ocean. So this it's this weird juxtaposition because you think mining town, you think the middle of a desert in Nevada or something like that. You don't usually right. think of it near water uh, right. per se, but that's what makes Zhufen, uh, which is the, the, the little town. That's what makes it so unique. Is you have these, this mining town, and literally there are tunnels that are carved through that you you walk to tea houses uh, through the, the carved out rock. Um, but now it's shops and it's a lot of souvenir places and tea houses. It's a cooler cooler area of the country, so they they, they have lots of tea, and the uh, Ame the ma tea house is famous. It's this three-story building right on these stairs. So as you're walking down the stairs, you're looking down at all these red lanterns and green, um, you know, green shrubs coming over the side of the building. As you're looking down these stairs that go down to the ocean, basically. And it's just a mind blowing, a mind blowing spot. Right. Uh, It was also the film spirited away. um, The Japanese uh, spirited away. There's a tea house in that, and it's based on this tea house. Okay, so it's, it has sort of an iconic story behind it. Uh, so uh, I said, "Well, I have to go get tea at the MIT <laughs> house." <laughs> you know, this is winning, winning, winning. Jufen, do as the <laughs> Fenians do, uh, and so uh, I got a corner table. So I'm looking out over the coast and the water on a beautiful, cloudy, and rainy day. And the gentleman, I ordered, you know, I don't know the standard tea package, uh, you know, whatever like featured number one, I always go for that because I'm basic. Um, but and the gentleman came over, and I'm not kidding, a a, you know how they make the guacamole at the table at some yeah. uh, Mexican restaurant? Sure. Yeah. This was an assemblage of tea table side he was going for like five to 10 minutes on this thing. And like, he was like dipping and then going back and then the leaves would go in and it was a whole ballet and it was beautiful. And then he's like, okay, that first cup's ready. And he, he was like, and then you got to, you have to do that every time, every time you refill. And so I nodded politely and then he walked away and then I didn't do the process.
1: Okay. It's yeah. right? to recreate.
0: Uh, you know, I'm no, Uh, You know, I'm not a I'm not a tea magician over here (laughs) Just a guy Just a human man I mean, I get it Um, But, yeah uh, But the tea was wonderful Especially with the view The only problem uh, with having tea in the anime Tea House Is that you can't see the tea house Which is beautiful when you're inside it. Uh, So There's another place across Not the street, but across the way That also has a beautiful sea view, but you can also see the Ame Tea House from. So I walked my ass over to that one and I ordered tea from there (laughs) so that I could see the Ame Tea House, the view, and have tea. So I went back to back.
1: Well, I mean, back to back. Like you said, you've got to do what you got to do because you're there. Indeed. It it makes total sense to me.
0: Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Look, Jufen's not just about gold and tea landed there's one more golden tea. pretty cool golden tea not, not golden tea golden
1: tea gold. it's not just gold. about golden tea golden, tea.
0: <laughs> just got golden tea. yeah they just have a, a bunch of machines where you you roll a you roll a thing and you hit a golf ball That's uh as, as featured in the shittiest bars around the united states Right. Uh so yes, Jufen Taiwan, not just about golden tea.
1: Also Big uh, Buck Hunter.
0: Big Buck Hunter, uh Mrs. Pac-Man, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Time Crisis 2. Um right. Yeah, all the old ones. Uh, do you remember the game Lethal Enforcers? I do. I love that game. That game <laughs> so Lethal Enforcers is like an old school very like one of the first arcade shooting games and it was actual like pictures like the the bank robber would pop up and then you would shoot them and then you would progress that was a that was a staple of my childhood Um, it was
1: those games were like now looking back like how horrible do we have you know these murderous rampage that was just like hey, here's a gun
0: yeah exactly but here's the thing landed it was just a fake uh, video game gun you couldn't actually do anything with it
1: i mean that's i true. would say
0: the problem with our country is that i could play lethal enforcers and then be like yeah this is fun and then go g- and get the real thing and do what i will
1: <laughs> Yeah, so, that is that is actually uh, the problem
0: yes anyway sorry folks uh but i do feel strongly about that in my you country gotta these
1: politics out of my golden tea
0: yeah, hey bro, we just talked about Chiang Kai-shek for 10 minutes So uh, <laughs> we got politics in the pod It's all about Chiang Kai-shek and gun control uh, On the pod today Good times <laughs> Anyway, back to Ju Fen The Taiwan capital of Golden Tea. Uh There's a a theater Called the Peng Theater And okay, whatever You know, Avatar 2 Way of the Water, no Landon it While it is that kind of theater And they play movies it, it has been restored to look as it did In the 1930s Okay And that is awesome So even though there's a concession stand And it's all things from the 30s And then the the Screen and there's like a, a Platform in front of it uh, Bench seating which looks super Uncomfortable and I definitely wouldn't want to sit Through an hour and a half movie on these benches
1: Right But hey
0: Uh, Back in the 30s, that's all they had. So people sat where they told them to sit, and they they enjoyed it. it. Yeah. They loved it.
1: They were going to Uh, see something they had never seen before. It was wizardry.
0: Yeah. The train is coming at us. Ah!
1: (laughs) Do you know that's – I mean, this could be an apocryphal story here, Byron, but do you know that's why they initially – why they started bolting theater seats to the ground?
0: What because, because people thought things were coming out. People out thought they were
1: them. coming out, and they would they would they would they would throw their seats at the screen. They would. Th- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they would
0: throw them. I thought it was
1: because they would be they
0: would they would fall backwards out of like like ah, and then they fall and the seats would fall back. I mean, I think but that no, was, was the probably they
1: they would take their seats and throw them at the screen because they didn't believe what they were seeing. They couldn't. Wow. They couldn't. They couldn't even think about it in their minds
0: that's i love that and imagine look how far we've come in as a society <laughs> that's right we're so much smarter and well-reasoned now here we are. in uh, 2023 so much uh jeez jeez oh boy uh but yes so the shangping theater i love i i dug it and i it was also they had a stage and it was something i'm like oh, uh, when i do when i do round two in taiwan like Improv ambassador like uh, like tour number two where I hit all the countries for a second time, I uh, right. which is not a, a thing that I just thought of now and I'm horrified by.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh,
0: <laughs> but uh, I was like, this is a I, I see venues as I'm traveling. Like I want to I want to perform. Here. It's, good. it's a good
1: instinct to have. This would be
0: sweet. This would be sweet. Um, but yeah, so uh, Taipei, Taipei, very unique, very cool. Uh, if you're if if you come to Taipei, definitely make a day trip to Jufen, uh, especially if you like gold and tea,
1: <laughs> gold and tea, gold, gold and, and tea. tea.
0: Yes, yes. Um, oh, oh, one. I mean, one more thing before the show. Food. Right. Okay. Yes, food food uh we'll start with the uh, we'll start with the with the kingpin with the granddaddy of <laughs> taiwan food uh, but the food here everywhere i ate blew me away the food in taiwan is freaking incredible and cheap and uh it's fantastic highly highly recommend didn't have literally didn't have a bad meal the whole time um but we gotta start with a little place called din tai fung Have you heard of Din Tai Fung?
1: I I have heard of it. I have eaten it. Yes.
0: Yeah. So Din Tai Fung is a global chain. Where Where did you have it? I mean, they must have one in L.A. or where Where did you have
1: it? Yeah, they do have they do have uh, they do have it in L.A. But I actually had it for the first time in Seattle.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And they they just have it's one of those things where it's all over the world. It's like Taiwan's Hard Rock Cafe. You know? Uh, Except, big difference, Din Tai Fung is friggin' awesome. It is so good. And, you know, and I went to the original location in Taipei, of course, where it all started, and you go to these places, and I'm wary, because anything that's become a global chain is like, okay, is it about the food? right? Or is it about, like, t-shirts, or whatever, you know? And... It it blew me away, man. The dumplings were so good.
1: Um, yeah, I guess we should say I that. Four... I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, oh, yeah. this is like, it's like what a soup, is it? <laughs> it's a soup dumpling place, right? Like they have their yeah. their dumplings,
0: like the Chinese soup dumplings that come in that little you know circular uh, circular tray on the on like the paper, um, and so I had like three kinds of dumplings. I think I did pork, chicken, and seafood, and then uh, pork fried rice, and oh my god, it was like, there's a, there's a, they tell you how to do it, you like put a little sauce in a, in a, in the, one of those dipping spoons, and then you poke a hole in the dumpling so that the juice mixes yeah. with the sauce, and then you yeah. slurp the whole thing into your mouth, oh my god, oh man, i I, I yeah I maybe have to go eat there again before I leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited over here. Um, did you? So I'm curious because I went to the original location. So I, you know, it's gonna be. Is it? Is there diminishing returns as it crosses the Pacific? Uh, did you remember? How was your experience in Seattle?
1: Now I, I remember it being. Excellent. I mean, yes. it okay. was, yes. yeah, this was like after a long, I think I was there for, for work. I was, I was doing a corporate sort of improv training thing, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And there, that was like right across the street from my hotel pretty much was a fun. Nice. And it was like above, it was above yeah. the, the, it was like up. Well, you know, you had to take an elevator. So then, uh, so it was sure. high. It was like, I don't know. 10 stories up so it was like overlooking seattle is kind of cool oh, that's um, really cool so yeah so that that part of it was really awesome but then obviously the dumplings were incredible so that that's my memory of it was that it was very very good good and yeah. i actually haven't okay, been to the I'm one in, in la the, or I'm just, i think there's a couple but i haven't been to any of them
0: yeah okay well maybe when i'm back we should do that because I I, I I i want i want them I want the dumplings, uh, <laughs> um, a, uh, a farewell meal with, um, I don't even know the name of this place, but, uh, the Formosa Improv group, we all went to like a big group, uh, hangout meal, um, uh, as a farewell b- before I leave. Um, and this is just like, it's like seafood and it's a place, it's, it's basically like a tapas place where they just bring out like 12 different plates of various things. And everyone right. just, there's seven of us and we just devour it. Um, so that was good. I I don't even know that, remember the name of that place, um, but it was, it was great. And it, it was, I think it's sort of a famous location. Um, but I must say my favorite meal of my trip here was Jin braised pork uh, rice. That's the name of the place. Okay. And the specialty item is that uh, raised pork rice. And, uh, again, this is a, like, yeah, they do, uh, <laughs> they're, they're, famous, uh, they're, they're famous, um, you know, uh, uh, drunken noodles, right. uh, no.
1: It's a, um, it's a Memphis again, barbecue place uh, It's but... a Memphis
0: barbecue Yeah, they do hot dogs um, <laughs> No, gin fake braised pork rice Again, a hole in the wall They're Like an iconic place, but a real hole in the wall spot A lot of yelling Always good when, when staff's like yelling back and forth and Yeah, that's, a, that's always a good sign And <clears throat> You go in, you mark down on the piece of the sheet What you want I wanted braised pork rice I also a- I added some eggs uh, And like a little veggie thing and uh, the, I got it over noodles, I got it over rice, and it comes in a little silver bowl, and it's rice, and it's just got the pork, like, draped on it. And I scarfed it up, and then I ordered a third bowl of braised pork rice because it was so freaking good. Nice. Holy crap. Yeah, the food here, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Uh, but yes, so Taiwan,
1: uh, I mean... It's it's Doing pretty high up there. Sounds the sounds pretty amazing. I, I gotta say, pretty good, pretty so, good. What about uh, what about the show? What about this Formosa Improv Group? Uh, tell me about. Indeed,
0: this. indeed, indeed. Uh, so this was cool. Um, uh, like in Korea, I got to uh, reverse with the group because I you know I'd never met them before, so it was important to rehearse so we found this we got this little space and i joined them met the whole squad um <clears throat> excuse me and uh and yeah and we just practiced the forms that we were going to do um in the show i um we we basically start with a little uh, warm-up game uh, which we did in the show as well which is uh I, you know i I don't remember the name of it, but so basically everyone squats on the stage. <laughs> Just bear with me, <laughs> bear okay, with me. Right,
1: yep, uh-huh.
0: <laughs> but everyone squats on the stage and then uh, someone says, you know, go. And then whoever wants to stand up, stands up. And whoever stands up is now in a scene together based on whatever, uh, or, or no, it's based on someone who yells a, a suggestion and then people get up. And if one person gets up, they're in a monologue If four people do get up. They do a four person scene uh very brief, you know, three, four lines, and then they go down. Okay, and then you do it again. So it was a great little warm-up. We did that in the show as well. And then we did an invocation. So um you know in, in, in bowing an object yes. uh in, in multiple different ways using the first, second, third person uh, for the object and great. we did a, about a 30 minute short form run. And then uh, and then we did something called cut, which was the whole that was sort of on the poster that was the name of the show uh, for pub group presents cut. and it's basically uh, the only way you can edit is by cutting cut to this cut to that. Okay. So I thought it was a really fun uh, a really fun form and uh, yeah they they, they the two three comedy club. It's a, they, they, it's a bar and they do comedy, stand up, improv, uh, which was cool. And uh, they packed that house out, man. We had a we had a full house, sold out show, and uh, it was great. Now the thing that blew me away by Formosa Improv Group. So in Tokyo we did a bilingual show, but it was. It was segmented, right? We would do right. sh- uh, game in English, uh, explained in Japanese and English. Game in Japanese, explained in Japanese and English. But the game itself was all in Japanese or all in English. For most improv group, everyone speaks Mandarin and, and English. They would go back and forth between Mandarin and English in a scene. Oh wow! Not translating what they said, just continuing right. the scene in both languages, like. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, right. I'm like, I'm standing by the side of the stage slack-jawed <laughs> because I'd never seen anything like that before. Plus, I'm trying to keep up because I need to know what's being said. And, you know, and I've got a basic idea because of they would start in English and then switch to Mandarin. So I kind of knew where it was going. But it was really – I had my brain going on overdrive. Yeah. And I had to focus and not just be amazed that they're just going back and forth between Mandarin and English in a scene. It was so cool. It was so cool.
1: Wow. That's that's crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then uh, the For Most group, they do a kind of a jam workshop every, every week. And so um, uh, we did the show a couple days ago, and then yesterday – I was able to teach the workshop that you and I put together to to, to, to teach as I do my travels. Right. I did that workshop for the very first time with uh, formosa improv group and with their improv community.
1: Oh, fantastic. Uh,
0: and yes. And uh, there were a lot of first timers. I learned some things. I tweaked some things. Um, but it went, it went really, really well. It was a tremendous group. They were all super open to it, and uh, the, and the workshop flowed really, really nicely. Um,
1: now, about uh, how, about how many in the workshop? Yeah, man, I'd say about eighteen to twenty of us. Wow, yeah, great.
0: Uh, yeah, right. It, it, but it was great because they. We did the show and the show went well. <laughs> that's how you know the show went well is people are willing to come to the workshop <laughs> right. a few days later. Yeah, right. Um, but people came to the show and then we announced, you know, what what I was doing with my travels, also that I was going to do the workshop um, um, in, a, in a day or two, and 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 people came out and a lot of people came up to me and said, "Oh, I'm coming to the workshop because I love the show so much." That's that's awesome. So yeah, Formosa Improv Group. Grady Crushed It, so welcoming, so nice. Grady, you know, all these places I went, it's, it's tips that they gave me of places to go and visit and restaurants. Uh, so they're just, uh, it's a good a good crew, an eclectic, an eclectic um, uh, group. There, were, I think there were like 10, 10 or 11 of us in, in, in the show. Um, some from Taiwan, uh, uh, some from all, all over the world uh, as it is. Um, but yeah, just a, a great group of people and they were super welcoming and awesome. And it was, it was very special to do my workshop for the first time with them and their, in their community.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, and it sounds like a, yeah. a good place to, uh, you know, maybe come back to at some point.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, and then uh, there's, so there's another group, uh, in, in, and they're not even in Taipei. They are in a different, uh, they are in a different town. Hold, on, hold on. Uh, I have it here. Uh, yes, uh, Skits and Giggles. So the Skits and Giggles crew, I' pretty good, right? <laughs> That's
1: a good name. It's a good name. Good. Uh,
0: so there's a town in the south called uh, Taichung, and they uh, do improv down in Taichung. And a lot of their members actually came out to our show. Um, so it would be great. Uh, obviously, would love to perform with Fig again, but this is a... a kind of a unique situation where there's actually another improv community in a different town uh, that I might be able to visit if I go back. So that's, that's, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, But yeah, man, Taiwan, really a fascinating place. Incredible food. uh, Just a a good time.
1: Sounds like uh, it. And and all the golden tea that you can handle.
0: All the golden tea I'm going to have my wrist is is sore from all the (laughs) flicking of golf balls, uh, you know, and and drinking well, well whiskey.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, That's that's our that's the memory of of golden tea. Um, Byron, where are you going next? What's next on the agenda?
0: I am off to the Philippines.
1: All right. Finally,
0: this is uh, finally I'm very excited. I've heard great things about the Philippines. Uh, so this is really cool. Um, I, I mentioned Gabe Mercado, who is the other guest performer in the Pirates of Tokyo Bay show. Right. Uh, and Gabe is sort of an OG, uh, uh, Philippines improviser. He kind of started, he, he basically like started the improv scene in Manila in the nineties. And so he's like the, like, he's like the godfather of, philippines improv yeah um and so i told him i reached out we, we did our show together already uh, which was very cool and that was the first time we met so i reached out and i said hey gabe um i'm coming to the philippines you know do you want to do a show or you know can i perform with your own a group of spit and he was like well i'm not in manila anymore i'm in ba- uh, baguio which is this sort of mountain town six hours to the north and he's like, "If you want to come up here, I've kind of got this community and crew. And why don't we do a two-man show up in my new my new hometown of, of Baguio?" And I said, "Gabe, that sounds dope." <laughs> so uh, I'm headed there, and I'm going to do a two-man show with Gabe Mercado, Godfather of Improv in the Philippines. I'm excited.
1: That's right. You're you're doing it. Um... And that'll yes. be great. And then you'll be yes. a household name in the world of improv in the Philippines.
0: I, you know, uh, from from your mouth to God's ears, hopefully hopefully, hopefully I am. Well, so I'm very excited I- that I've also never been to the Philippines before. This will be three countries in a row. It's, that is my first time. I was so going to say, uh, we're really
1: getting into it now because you're, you're, you're heading to places that are truly kind of uncharted uh, on your map here. So uh, that for that's sure. Exciting.
0: Yeah. And uh, I mean, I've done three shows. This is, it, it's, this is feeling real. Landon, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> you know, doing it. Uh, I'm, I'm, like I'm doing it. It's, it's happening. You taught so, a workshop. Yeah very a ton of workshop yeah little steps so i'm, I'm very excited for the philippines um yeah ab- absolutely
1: that's great uh well i'm excited to hear about it um in the meantime where can people find all of these travels byron
0: absolutely uh at improv ambassador instagram tiktok youtube Facebook, yeah, Facebook sucks. Don't don't look up there. Yeah, don't.
1: don't uh,
0: Twitter, go. Improv Ambassador, uh, no o, no O at the end. Uh, character character limits on the name, but yeah, you search Improv Ambassador, you'll be able to find us. Uh, also, uh, rate and review this podcast if you're on Apple Podcasts, Give it a little five star or type type a review. Use your words. <laughs> use your words. Very condescending. Use Very your condescending word. to our audience. Uh it types up the nice, uh it's a it, it shoots us up the rankings, uh Spotify gives a five star and follow. Um uh, yes, and, uh, and and that's it. Uh and I had a, a wonderful interview with the marketing director of Fig, Formosa Improv Group, Tiana Liu. She uh she is from uh, Costa Rica originally, but she's now um she's binational. Uh, uh, Costa Rica and Taiwan uh, uh, some heritage in Taiwan as well um, but yeah she's sort of the person who uh, was running the email when I first uh, emailed them and we had a great conversation and so she was paramount in uh, welcoming me in and we had a great uh, a great conversation about FIG and about comedy in Taiwan and uh, we had a great chat
1: great so we'll run that interview right now and uh, Byron we'll talk at you next time see you next time buddy
0: all here right. 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 with diana yeah. uh who i first talked to mm-hmm. uh, uh wow. you are the marketing director of fig Formosa improv group yeah. i believe uh when we emailed it, it was just i just emailed like the fig email yeah. and then you were responding but you weren't you didn't like sign your name I or anything at the beginning yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. i was like I don't know if I'm talking to one person or I'm talking to like a collective of twenty different people who have access to the email account. But
2: several of us has access yes, to, to yes. the email, so I never really, you know, said, "Oh, it's just Diana." So I just, right. like, yeah. How did you find out yeah. it was me? I don't know. I,
0: you eventually, an email six or seven. You finally signed it off. I did. You did. You signed it off, Diana, Yeah. Oh wow. so I So the, the mystery was was solved. I
2: actually. I, yeah. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. There because you go. I didn't know. I know. Okay.
0: Man, okay, okay. see you're you're thawing uh, the, ever so slightly. And mm. You're gonna you're putting your name out there. In Must the email.
2: be a work habit. Yeah. <laughs> Best regards, Deanna. Um
0: But yeah, you've been my point person, my contact. Deanna. Uh, I I assume you're the one who kind of like gave the green light and brought this idea to the rest of the group that I would join. Uh, So uh, what was, I assume it was a group decision. What was the response when you told them like, hey, there's this guy and he performs around the world, but he just started and he wants to join us.
2: Immediate yes. Oh, good. It was an immediate yes. A very improv response. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, I did propose it to our line group, which is what we use here in Taiwan. Everyone like a WhatsApp yeah. uh, message. Okay, exactly. Cool. Everyone was on board, sending like cute stickers. Like, yes, bring him. We're ready.
0: Where were the cute stickers in the email? I didn't see. <laughs> I didn't see any of that. You were like, okay, on this date okay. we will be rehearsing, and then on this date is our yeah, show. Yeah. And also, if you want to do the workshop, there I were no cute sh- stickers. I wasn't
2: sure if I should add emojis. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: Always add emojis. Uh, awesome. So, uh, how long has Fig been around?
2: Mm-hmm. So we first started in 2018, oh, okay. and we just started as a group of friends who knew each other through language exchange. Okay, cool. And we went to Jeffrey. Jeffrey, we see him as a fig father, Okay. the father of fig. So there's a, god,
0: there's a yeah. godfather, and he's the fig father. Yes, and
2: there's a fig mother, Okay. the official mother, and I'm just the fig mama.
0: Who's the, <laughs> the fig baba? <mama? laughs> Who's the fig mother? The
2: fig mother is Michi. Michi, uh, she and Jeffrey kind of like... Put the group together, and then yeah. really embraced us when we didn't really know anything about improv. Yeah. she lives in LA, actually, oh, so we can. Well, connect <laughs> both I just of you. missed her. Yes,
0: uh, that's so cool. Well, I have to reach out and make sh- like she's got to come to the West Side and yeah. then, we'll, uh, and see a show. make that
2: connection. Fantastic. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Jeffrey's awesome. Uh, he uh, cool. we got the ch- we actually hung out yesterday. Yeah. Uh, we went and had traditional uh, Taiwanese tea, oh, and nice. I met his wife nice, and nice, his, nice. his gorgeous daughter Luna. Uh, and just a super cool dude. And it's always, Mm. but it's always fascinating for me, people who are like, are American and live here now. Mm. And like, and you're not from here originally, right?
2: Yeah, so born and raised in Costa Rica. Taiwanese by blood. Right. But yeah, actually our team, at some point, we had at least 10 different nationalities. Wow. Yeah. So we are from Taiwan, from Romania, Costa Rica, U.S., U.K., South Africa, Africa, Denmark, Denmark. Uh, We also had from Spain, Sweden. Wow. Yeah. And then it's just people who just, you know, happen to be attracted to Taiwan. Right. We just came together through improv.
0: Uh, So you've been a part of the group since it started Mm -hmm. in in, uh, 2018? 2018, That's awesome. Uh, What have been the challenges about, what are the, like, what's the hardest part about doing improv in uh, Taiwan?
2: I would say uh, from the very beginning, trying to build that community. Right. So uh, with our group, our main motivation is not just improv, but also bilingual improv. So that is really reaching out to different communities and bringing them together with improv, which is something that's not as popular in yeah. Taipei. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, we really work with our connections and try to promote um, that this is really not about money, not about, you know, making ourselves famous. It's really about building community, building friendships, Letting others know that they can improve themselves through improv.
0: Yeah, that was something that that really blew my mind uh, at our first rehearsal that mm. we did. Was that we would there would be a scene going on in English, <laughs> and then it would oh switch God. to Mandarin <laughs> in the middle of the scene. And yeah. that like, and I because I did I did a bilingual show in Tokyo, mm. but it was a short form show, so it was it was very like English game. Oh, uh, okay. uh, Japanese game, English game, Japanese game. Not with
2: but us. He, no, no,
0: not here. Here it's so blended. Yeah. I, I was, I'm fascinated by that. And mm. do you, because you're not, you're not like, it's not a translation. Uh, the You weren't repeating the thing you said in English. You were continuing the scene in
2: English. Right, right, right. Uh,
0: which I thought was really interesting. Do you, like, do you, what, what in your brain when you're doing a scene mm. like makes you think like I'm gonna switch? Is it just thinking about the audience, or is there like a like an emotional reaction to make you mm, switch?
2: There's definitely several factors. Yeah. For one, some things just make more sense in a certain language. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so if you were trying to call out oh, grandpa, we we say in, in like in Taiwan like "akong akong," that feels more like closer to home. Got it. Uh, and then sometimes keeping in mind the audience that night, we might have more english speakers right. or more mandarin speakers so we'll try to adjust ourselves yeah but in general we catch ourselves we want yeah. to make sure that we're bilingual really yeah yeah in
0: our rehearsal and i don't know if it was me or it was just but there was a very like uh we did too much english like yes. there was too much english in the show or in that rehearsal mm. and so but you all called it out and mm. you made a conscious effort to be like in the show like remember the ratio and remember mm-hmm. to do both, which I I think you did successfully. Did you feel it was a good mix when we did our show?
2: Yeah, I like definitely uh, one of our core values is to keep that bilingualism. Yeah. So we as a group, we want to make sure that we, you know, make sure that that bilingualism is reached. So yeah. even in our feedback surveys, we have this, like, how bilingual were we? So we can get <laughs> some little That's feedback. That's great. Yeah, because really in Taiwan, There's a lot of diversity, but to bring people who mainly either speak Chinese or either Spanish, that is really important to us.
0: Right. And yeah, and and something the pirates thought was important was that there there are many couples that are Mm. like one person speaks English and one person speaks Mandarin. So that to have an event where they can come together and both enjoy it is like, it's such a cool thing. And it's just something that before before coming on this, this journey, I'd never even thought of before, mm. but it's such a main part of what you guys do. I'm just, I'm, I'm like, it, it breaks my brain in a good way every <laughs> every time I see it.
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely, even in the group, we have members who speak to their partners or their families in several languages. Yeah. One of them could be Mandarin or English right. or Spanish or whatever it is. So it's really integrated yeah. with, like in our personal lives yeah. already. Yeah.
0: Um, so, uh, I, I I usually ask this question, but so where do you see FIG, What what is your goal for the next year for FIG, mm. and what's your goal for the next five years for FIG?
2: Ooh, tough question. I know. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what everyone says air. when I ask yeah. it, too. <laughs> I mean, last year, we really pushed our boundaries. We created the first Taipei Impro Festival.
0: Yeah.
2: All organized by FIG. We were just, like, reaching out to groups in Taiwan who might be just, Taiwanese groups only speaking Mandarin. So there
0: you're not the, there's other groups yeah. around because it's not a huge country. It's not,
2: it's not. But right. there's other
0: group how many how many people or groups attended?
2: So uh, for performing members, we had uh fake of course, and when we had a Taiwanese group called OK Info, and then we also had the group from Taizong, Skits and Giggles. Who were at our show. At yeah. our show, exactly. Yeah. But then the workshops we made sure to reach out to even more. Yeah. So we had workshops from different we had one that's like in the darkness. So all the members had um, you know a clause Blind, blindfold. Right, right, yeah. right, blindfold. And then we want to bring that variety. So cool. first Taipei and Professor One Taipei, okay we did it. And then yeah. lots of groups actually reached out like I wanna co organize. or I want to do it next year, so we might be doing more in the future.
0: And do you, like, is that something you'd be open to having international groups joining, or is it like, nope, this is our thing? Oh no,
2: definitely, (laughs) if we could reach the level of Singapore or Manila to do those festivals. Which are the
0: two big ones in Asia, they they kind of switch off hosting, yeah. If
2: we could just be that, oh, come to Taipei, why not, it gets colder here. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's it's cheap, and it's colder, and why not? And for,
0: for people listening, uh, in, in, in this part of Asia, colder is a good thing. Oh yeah, uh, because it's like hottest balls uh, most of the yeah. time in most of the places around here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Other
0: than you know things to the north like Korea or Japan, mm-hmm. every other Asian country is like, oh, a nice cold break. Right, right,
2: right. So yeah. some people look into, oh, Taipei could be, yeah. you know, a good place to come. And yeah, food, of
0: course, another yeah. reason. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, mm-hmm. the food has been unbelievable here. Yeah. Uh, and so is there it just this is not really an improv question per se but the there's a tension mm-hmm. with another country oh, uh, yes. across the yeah. a, a very close by of china mm-hmm. and there's at least in the west there's always this idea of like this constant threat mm-hmm. and and ownership and very like particular about how politicians like what words they use when right. they describe taiwan mm-hmm. is that something that is that you all think about a lot or, or are aware of or you know when there's military drills is this mm. like I don't know is it something you know in the U.S. we're we're isolated and mm-hmm. we don't really have a threat you know other than the you know those the the polite Canadians that are just <laughs> right. you know doing our country better than us in many ways <laughs> but so is that it, because when you hear about Taiwan uh, in America it's right. always in relation to China it's always in related mm-hmm. to tension do you feel that living here
2: to be honest not as much yeah i think it might be the media sure, oh, of, course. Well, of course yeah <laughs> uh, but like i would say for people who live in taiwan things have remained pretty much the same like same status quo right. of course we have a little, you know, more alerts. Uh, we every year we have these military drills. These yeah. like with
0: the like with the U.S. Right, so, right, yeah. right.
2: Um, but I would say life here is pretty calm. Of course, if that should happen, you know, we'll we'll see what what we we'll right. do. But until um, then, so far so good. And then yeah. at least us in the improv scene, we've been trying. <laughs> we've been trying to bridge. A, across to like groups in China as well. I love that. Yeah, so uh, actually there's the, the Hutong, which is, I don't know if Jeffrey mentioned, but he worked with them for a long time, bringing students to Taiwan. Yeah. And then we did some of the online workshops for their students. Yeah. So all Chinese kids. And also we have, um, you know, if someone came from Shanghai and they want to perform with us, great. Or if they wanted to do a workshop, great. Right. Um, yeah trying to bridge yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I love bit. that.
0: So, yeah. like, improv is going to improv yes. is gonna solve this uh, yes. a decades-long diplomatic crisis. Yeah,
2: at, at least we started with COVID. We started doing online workshops, which is a huge challenge for us. Sure. We've only done, like, in person. We had a lot of uh, participants from China. That's we awesome. Did. Yeah.
0: Well, but it, it makes sense. I mean, it sounds silly, and we joke about it, mm-hmm. but there's something about improv that, like, doesn't care about borders and is welcoming and wants to like say yes to things mm-hmm. rather than say no to things which yeah. if it's media and, and politics and things like that it's, it's kind of the opposite right, so right, right. I love that you're reaching out and uh and I I'm, I'm looking forward to like a <laughs> a joint uh you know like a a Shanghai Taipei joint uh festival or yeah, something like yeah, that yeah totally yeah. totally so very cool okay final question uh what's the best thing about um doing improv in uh, Taipei
2: best thing about doing improv I think personally just seeing how it has really opened up people mm. not to say that Taiwanese people aren't open but there's this um, kind of like layer of shyness that kind sure. of breaks off a little bit when you put them in a situation that is is vulnerable yeah. it is and it's scary but we as a community are really trying to support that so yeah. slowly, seeing members who started like coming I mean, in the first week, second week, third week, and now they're like on the stage. <laughs> they're like you know really projecting their voice, right? Getting their ideas out there is great. It's a great feeling.
0: Yeah, and and certainly I, I would think that you're like the way you stress bilingual, and that makes it more welcoming. Mm-hmm. So that that if they don't speak the best English or any English at all. That there's still a home for them uh, with with you all. Right,
2: right, right, definitely. And I'm pushing for a workshop in Spanish. Why not? Uh, Amazing. Lots of Latinos (laughs) in in Taiwan. So, really, yeah. Next year, that'll be my personal mission. Cool. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Uh, Well, Diana, thank you so much uh, for not only welcoming me uh, uh, um, into your community and your group. I won't hold it against you with the emo- no emojis in the, in the email. That's fine, that's fine, I don't hold grudges. Um, but thank you for welcoming me. I know it's, it's a, I'm doing a strange thing and we, you know, we had never met before, mm. so I, you, you've all been super welcoming to me. It's my last night here tomorrow and we're, we're all going to a big uh, a Taiwanese yes. uh, feast. Super together charming, and yes. uh, so I, I just want to say thank you. Ah,
2: thank you so much for reaching out to us. It's always a, a great pleasure to have someone who can bring a new flavor to what we do. <laughs> That's flavor. me. Yeah. That's me. And then your mission is something that we hundred percent. We're gonna back you up on this. Thank you. Uh, thank we you. We really want to make sure that. We can connect you to the people that we know elsewhere, whatever that is, Costa Rican, and I don't know. Yeah, I I'd know. love Why that. Yeah. I love that. Thank you cool. so much for coming to Taiwan. All right, thank yeah. you.
0: I hope to be back soon. Yeah. yeah.